We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. And we have a guest today, Matt Barrows from The Athletic, iconic, legendary 49ers beat writer. I couldn't pick a word, so I let him choose. And he was much less nice to himself than I was to him. So that's uh, that's his choice. But he's a wonderful beat writer. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation we had with him. Just kind of going through the topics du jour with the 49ers, the quarterback situation, the offense in general. We talk about the the secondary. Just a really fun conversation with Matt Barrows of The Athletic. So let's get into it. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Matt Barrows is here. Matt Barrows from The Athletic covers the 49ers. Matt, I'm going to let you pick the adjective. I had legendary written down. Iconic. Hmm. Um, what what? Matt Barrows from The Athletic, blank 49ers beat writer. I was I was choosing between those two. Is there a different one that you would like? <laughs> uh, spastic? I don't know. <laughs> Before I go on, um, I want to let you guys know I've been enjoying a little something um, right here. Oh, oh wow. yeah. Look at that. The Chronicles. It, it goes down smooth. I the like hazy, that. The hazy IPA. Yeah, hazy we, we, IPA, were talk- yeah. We, we were talking about this <laughs> during our downtime yeah. yesterday. It was kind of a mystery because I had brought some four packs of Candlestick Chronicles AZIPA from Cooperage for some members of the PR department and a few beers just went missing. And it was kind of a mystery for a little bit uh, for a little while in terms like who took these? Like who could have possibly taken these? And then at the game on Sunday, Barrow's Wait, who like, who in a like a media room full of reporters <laughs> took a beer? Was that really a mystery? Three three beers. Three beers. It was three. It was three beers. I thought <laughs> I, I should have asked. I mean, there, no, there were fine. a lot. Bah. I thought there were more than three. And I was like, oh, Beads bought brought some in for mm-hmm. the crew. Well, you're what making up. 
you're you're Wrong making crew. up for it by by coming on here with us and and plugging the beer so that's yeah, that's well, awesome I, I think i stole the uh the pr department's beers i can tell you it was pretty good uh, but they're making another another brew oh right? yeah it's out right now you okay can, yeah. you can buy it where where you're gonna get it from cooperage or wherever cooperage sells their stuff so go check that out if you haven't already and yeah. it's for a good cause as as barrows knows from the event um yes. so let's dive in and I want to talk about the 49ers offense first, because I came into the season thinking that there should be high expectations surrounding Kyle Shanahan's offense, given this is year five, given all of the returning players, given that you can make a case that this is probably a more talented roster, or I guess coming into the season where he mostert's obviously an exception now that he's hurt, but the offense should be better than what it is. And I, I wonder what the like. I wonder if the quarterback situation has a lot to do with it. If there's a little bit of a weird feeling inside the locker room, like Kyle Shanahan is talking in front of us, basically telling us, "Yeah, we're a Super Bowl contending team with Jimmy Garoppolo," while also knowing everybody, or everybody knowing that he did so much to find Jimmy Garoppolo's replacement. Is, do you think some of these offensive struggles have to do with that, or are there other factors at play? What, what's your vantage point on this stuff? Well, first, I, I agree with you. On, on paper, this should be even better than the, the 2019 offense um, for all the reasons you stated. Uh, you're five of Shanahan. You're four and a half of Garoppolo, um, and he's got a better wide receiving core this year than he had certainly early in, in 2019 before Emmanuel Sanders came in. He's got a better offensive line, I think. Um, it's probably marginally so. Um, and, um, and you're right. I think most dirt hurts. And that would be the main thing. I mean, this is an unconfident rushing attack uh, right now. And, you know, everything sort of emanates from that. I mean, Garoppolo is, needs a very strong running game in order to be a good quarterback. Uh, without that, he's, he's just average. He's middle of the road. And, um, you know, they were, they were rolling. I mean, everything was working in the first half against Detroit. It's Detroit, of course. Um, but uh, everything that we thought was going to happen with this team was happening in that game. Raheem Mostert gets hurt. All of a sudden, they have to go with the six-round rookie. Uh, and he did well in that game. But it's, it's not the same rushing attack in weeks two, three, and four. Got a little bit better in, in four, I think. And, and that's um, a positive sign for for. Uh, things to come. But I, I think that's the root of all the kind of disjointed um, sensation that we're getting uh, atmosphere that we're getting from this team right now. Do you think, are you in the camp that, cause Chris and I have talked about this a lot that the running game is sputtering a little bit. Would Trey Lance help that? Or are they not playing him because the running game is sputtering? Yeah, I was trying to get uh, Shanahan to talk about that last Wednesday, and he, he didn't really listen to the, the question, I didn't think. He was just so eager to put down any sort of quarterback controversy. But I thought the same thing. I thought, yes, um, you know, getting Trey Lance in there would kind of help, you know, get things going, um, sort of jolt the team back into a rhythm. Or, or if the answer was no, we don't want to do that, then the the – the reason was, well, if the offense is already sputtering and Jimmy Garoppolo is trying to find a rhythm out there, then it only hurts him to come off the field for, you know, two plays a quarter or whatever it is. And so I, I wanted, you know, Shanahan to discuss that. And he 
would not get into any sort of discussion. And to Chris's earlier point, he was quick to do that. And, it, and that sort of kind of creates a, a bit of an awkward vibe and, and something that we really haven't seen from Shanahan to this point, being, being short, being um, short-tempered, uh, not really kind of listening to questions, not giving really good answers. I mean, he's been great at that so far. So when it doesn't happen, it stands out. Yeah, it's it started. I mean, I asked the question just, you know, what do you need to see during practice to right. make a determination about Trey Lance and how much he plays? And then Shanahan goes into defensive mode and says, this isn't the preseason. We're not rotating quarterbacks, et cetera. So I was like, that's not what I asked. And he's he's very much on edge about this whole thing. And I think it's easy to see why, because, I mean, this was before Garoppolo got hurt but the offense just wasn't playing well. And I could understand his frustration in that, but it also reflects on him because this is his baby. This is what he created. And this dynamic where you're a contending team, that's also going through an evolution in the quarterback room is pretty much unprecedented and really difficult to navigate. I, I think, I think there's an element that Kyle Shanahan underestimated how difficult this thing is to, to navigate given that, Jimmy Garoppolo, it's not like he's Alex Smith, right? Alex Smith was playing really well uh, before he lost his job to Colin Kaepernick. And, and the main thing was he was efficient and he wasn't turning the ball over. Jimmy Garoppolo's efficiency is there sometimes, but he's also making those maddening mistakes that Jimmy Garoppolo has made throughout his time here. So it, and just, I don't, I'm kind of ranting now, but like, do you, do you think do you think that Kyle Shanahan is, is feeling like heat, like he's stressed about the fact that, man, this isn't going as, as you know, like I thought it would in the, in, in the early going of the season? Yeah, I'm sure he is. And, and I'm sure this was discussed from a sort of a, a PR level, like, okay, what happens during the season when we, you know, trade away uh, two uh, first round picks for a quarterback, but we don't want to start that quarterback. What do we do? And I think the, the answer is obvious. I mean, we try to swat away any, quarterback controversy talk before it even starts and, and I think that's that's what he was doing but I mean you and I were both asking questions about you know not Lance taking over we're talking about you know at, at that point Lance was getting 2.3 snaps a game uh, and that's not what that's not the expectation he set up and um, you know in, in that first game uh, he played more and he of course threw that touchdown pass on his on his first attempt so um, yeah, I think that's what it is, sort of uh, an eagerness to um, squash any sort of notion about this because he wants to hold it off as long as possible, which brings up the question of this week. Um, you know, to me, there, there, there are two forces going against each other. One is that what we've just been discussing, Shanahan's desire to keep Jimmy Garoppolo under center for as long as he can. And B, the fact that Garoppolo played injured last year and ended up just getting even more injured. So, and you've got a bye coming up. So uh, I, I don't know what the answer is going to be. We'll find out on Wednesday just how injured uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is. But uh, I, I think that those two forces are going against each other right now. 49ers football is finally back. It's in full swing. And maybe you want to get out to a game. Well, there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore. That's right. Put the Google away. Put the Ask Jeeves away or whatever search engine you're using because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, 
is the original no fee ticket site. And the only one that you will ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. See what TickPick did, and it's brilliant. They got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge. You know where you find these super cheap tickets, but then all the service fees end up costing more than the actual ticket. Yeah, none of that with TickPick. It allows them to guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. And if you don't believe it, if you can find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So the 49ers are on the road in week five. They're off week six, but then check this out. Week seven at home, Sunday night football in the Bison Bowl, as Chris named it. Trey Lance against Carson Wentz is a very real possibility, and you're going to want to be in Levi Stadium for that. It's Sunday night football. It's going to be electric. I can't wait to be there. The atmosphere at Levi Stadium for night games, if you haven't experienced it yet, you need to because it's unbelievable. I know Chris will be there in the press box. I'll be there in the press box. And when it, when that stadium gets rocking, the press box shakes a little bit. And yeah, it's a little scary, but it's also awesome. So, so visit tickpick.com slash candlestick today and use the promo code candlestick to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. We'll see you at Levi Stadium. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is there Shanahan sounded really certain? Like I, I think his exact quote was Trey is going to play for us this year, and he has, but through was it three and a half games he'd played seven snaps. Do you think that's because he wasn't as ready as they thought he would be? Or was that the plan the whole time? Like, yeah, he's going to get three snaps here and four snaps here, and there's going to be games he doesn't play, and by the end of the year, he's sitting with maybe 25 snaps under his belt. Or is he running the scout team in practice, and they're just going, man, he just can't do as much as we thought he was going to be able to do. I mean, we, we saw him play the most snaps in, in week one, and, and I mm -hmm. think that was the plan going in. When, when this offense is rolling, we're going to put Trey in really advantageous spots. 
-hmm. you know, the defense is already on its heels. Um, we're going to put him in, you know, good situations where he can gain confidence, et cetera, et cetera. And like, like we said, that, that fell apart after week one. Um, they, they were disjointed in week two and week three. And, um, uh, you know, they only scored seven points in the first half of, of week four. So I think that's it. I mean, um, again, yeah, one of the themes this week is probably going to be, if, if Lance plays, um, going back to Shanahan and Mike McDaniel in, in Washington in 2012. And I, I really have never kind of understood um, what the issues were that year, whether Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan came out of it thinking, okay, I never want to rush a quarterback in, in, in and, and give him a, you know, a, an abbreviated um, version of my offense, the, the better way is to learn the whole thing and kind of start with, with, the, with the basics. Uh, and, and that's what he would have to do, I think, with, with Trey Lance on Sunday, uh, is do basically an RG3 version of this offense, a pared down version of the offense. And I don't think he wants to get into that I mean, that was a great team. That team went to the playoffs and led the team, led the uh, league in rushing, but they never got it back. I mean, and, and once that season was over, they couldn't start fresh with Robert Griffin the third uh, from that point. And and there's a difference in personality. There are lots of differences there. It, it's it's not apples to apples. But my point is that I think that Shanahan definitely wanted to kind of take the very very slow. Let's start from you know, the very foundation of this offense and, and build it up from there and not rush him into, uh, into the, the fray. So this is a thought that that's really come to the forefront of my mind this week. And, and I, I wonder just sort of seeing how over his skis Trey Lance looked on Sunday. Um, it just seemed like he's not ready. Right. I think that's fair to say. I think Kyle Shanahan's correct in, in the in the idea that Trey Lance isn't ready. But it's not like he hasn't had an opportunity to get more reps in, in training camp and in preseason games um, because Kyle Shanahan was so focused on Jimmy Garoppolo. And I understand the equity that Jimmy Garoppolo built up potentially in Kyle Shanahan's mind in 2019, given that they did go to the Super Bowl and they were a quarter away from winning it. But do you think Kyle Shanahan made a mistake in not giving Trey Lance more of an opportunity um, to get first team looks earlier in training camp and earlier in the preseason and potentially more time earlier in the regular season to where he can go in the game uh, after Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, which shouldn't really be a surprise at this point and not look over his skis. Right. And I guess we'll we'll have a better idea on after Sunday if he does play in Arizona. But do you think Shanahan made a mistake in putting all of his eggs in the Jimmy Garoppolo basket with Trey Lance ready and available um, and not getting all those reps? In hindsight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're two and two, and no. Garoppolo's hurt. I mean, and uh, I, I just don't think that – I mean, I, I thought – I think that he thought that this was an unlikely scenario. That, I mean, um, you know, Garoppolo has been injured – none of them have been like his fault. Like they're not, um, you know, hamstring strains. They're not, uh, you know, I remember Chris Chandler used to get hurt all the time. 
uh, you know, back in the, I forget, 1990s. I don't know when it was, but he, he was fragile. He was delicate. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but uh, I don't know. Garoppolo just seems to, I don't know. He got, he got stepped on. Um, I, I, I don't know whether you can blame Garoppolo or uh, I, I guess this is a, a trend now. Um, but, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier, I think the reason was that he didn't want to kind of create uh, it was such a fine balance. Didn't want to create a quarterback controversy, but wanted to get Trey Lance some snaps. We'll find out on, on Sunday, whether it was way too few snaps or not. Um, I, you know, I think he's going to look sharper coming out of the gate. If he gets to be the, the number one quarterback throughout the week. Uh, and like I said, I think it's going to be really interesting. What kind of game plan, because boy, McDaniel and, and Shanahan are, are the masters of this. I mean, uh, they're not two guys that I would pick to do this other than them uh, on, on this week. So that's going to be um, fun to, to watch in, in Arizona. You said that you don't think Kyle Shanahan anticipated this, but wasn't that the whole point? Like, I know that the injuries have been, you know, ACL and then he was healthy and then he gets, you know, landed on wrong and then he gets stepped on. But like he hasn't shown the ability to play 16 games and John Lynch, I think his exact words were they want to insulate themselves from a Garoppolo injury. And then they traded three first round picks. Like to me, that says they did that. And if they, they didn't, then they went about this off season the wrong way. If the whole point was if Garoppolo goes down, they feel like this guy can step in and win them a couple games and keep them in the playoff hunt. Yeah, no, like it's, it's, uh, you know, it, you're, you're right to point that out. But I mean, I think it's clear now that they didn't want Lance to come in early in the season. So I forget when the insulate, I mean, I've been, that, that word's been kind of going over in my mind too. I forget when that happened, but there's a big, you know, storyline out there that Lance wasn't the guy that they were looking at early on and that they got, kind of changed to him later in the game. Um, you know, the, the, <laughs> is worthy of three or four podcasts, but you know, at, at one point they were looking at Andy Dalton. Yeah. So if, if Andy Dalton's the guy that they're looking at, um, obviously, I, I mean, to me, obviously that means that Garoppolo was no longer in the picture. Um, so I don't know if they were looking at a different rookie, that, that sort of, you know, combination. I don't know. I mean, I, I, my, maybe my guess one that is, played at Alabama. Potentially yeah, well, like maybe, Grimes, yeah. maybe with Zach Bones <laughs> or 55 in the preseason. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> who, who it could have been, but I'm just saying that it, it the idea might have changed a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, uh, uh, wasn't there, there was Joe Flacco all of a sudden was somebody out there. I mean, I, I mean, they, they had a lot of, you know, Stafford, it was Flacco, it was Deshaun Watson, it was yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there were a lot of different ideas being bandied about. So I, I don't know whether this insulated thing was specific to Lance and, and Garoppolo, or it was just an idea, an easy way to kind of explain away why we're looking at so many damn quarterbacks this off season. So I, I, I talk a, like in terms of trying to find context with this season, I look back to 2019 a lot because that was sort of the idealized version of, a contending team, and obviously a lot of the personnel is still the same here. Things were um, so much simpler back then, Beats. <laughs> yeah, wow. I know. I know. You're telling if me. If only we could go back. The Halcyon days. <laughs> Halcyon days. 
Um, but one thing that stands out about that season, and even before that, and before that, I think it was a little bit by necessity because the Niners weren't particularly good back then. But Kyle Shanahan seemed a lot more reliant and eager to play young guys. And whether that's Kendrick Bourne, um, Debo Samuel was starting from week one as a rookie, obviously Nick Bosa, but Nick Bosa was clearly super talented. Dre Greenlaw. And there are Fred some Warner. guys. Say it again. Fred Warner. Fred Warner. That was, yeah, a year earlier. Um, and it seems like this year, like a, a few of the key young guys are just not contributing or in the quote unquote doghouse. And I just wonder like what's happening there. Like where's, where has the shift gone? And is it just that, you know, the team's better now and Kyle Shanahan needs to see more to trust these young guys to feel comfortable or is Kyle Shanahan just, just sort of like, does he have less patience for young guys playing in? Because I mean, 2017 and 2018, they weren't good and they had to play a bunch of young guys. But now it seems like, you know, Brandon, I, Trey Sermon, um, Trey Lance to a certain extent, uh, you know, Aaron Banks, obviously, Ambry Thomas, like these are guys that they invested a significant amount of resources in and they should be contributing because the 49ers need the, need them to contribute. But it also doesn't seem like they're getting much of an opportunity to contribute. I, I, I mean, more more guys are playing better now. Than, than early in the season, but what do you make of that dynamic and, and the potential shift this year? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's all about expectations. And, and I, I think it, it, you know, is, um, you know, about what we were talking about earlier. It was a tightness about Kyle Shanahan that we haven't seen before. And I think that's because he realizes that the, the, the window is, is wide open right now. And, and he thinks that this, this team is good. And, and he said that in 2019, in this roster, is the best one. It, 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 he didn't think that initially. Remember, he, right. he, he it's something he sort of uh, learned as the season went on. Um, and he said that about 2020 going in. Obviously, that that changed right away with all the injuries. And he, and he thinks that. I think he still thinks that about the the current roster. Um, and so you know that that to me explains the Ayuk stuff. Is that Ayuk got not not a break last year, but it was an, an oddball year. Um, you know, especially at, at receiver at the beginning of the year, no Debo Samuel, um, you know, his choices were Kendrick Bourne and Dante Pettis. So, I mean, he, he yeah. can't afford to play, uh, you know, bad cop with, with Brandon Ayuk. You can't coach him hard last year because he, he needed him. He needed him in the lineup. But this year he's doing it because he thinks that it'll pay – dividends down the road and I think he's doing the same thing with with Trey Sermon and um, several of the other guys that that you noted uh, I think it has to do with high expectations and uh, making sure that these guys are, are going to be useful for him down the road it seems like if Brandon Ayuk's putting up 780 yards or whatever it was in 12 games that you would just stick with whatever that was that got him there like the um, the reverse the reversal of you know, him coming into year two, I understand not wanting a player to get complacent, but at the same time, if he uh, absorbed whatever type of coaching Shanahan was giving him, it seems counterproductive to then come in and do something different in year two. And that's, that's kind of something that doesn't, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me in the way Shanahan kind of operates. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, um, 
I mean, Thanks. I, I'm you're, you're welcome. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right, though. I mean, is it worth, um, you know, reprimanding the guy if it, it means that you're putting a lot of talent on the bench? I mean, that's the bottom line here. Um, yeah. now, now, I think that they've they've gotten away with it because Debo Samuel is having an absolute monster of a season so far on pace to set an NFL record for receiving yards. Um, but like I said, I, I feel like Shanahan believes that, um, you know, you can't, you're not going to be, be able to rely on this formula, you know, Debo Samuel getting a third of your, your targets all season. So he's going to have to rely on, on Ayuk at some point. Um, it reminds me a little bit of the Akella Witherspoon saga. Remember, he, he came in in 2017, played um, towards the end of 2017, rookie season, played well, started out 2018 playing well. He was a starter. And then all of a sudden, he gets benched in that Green Bay game. And, and it turns out that, you know, the 49ers didn't like his attitude. Um, that uh, Witherspoon, uh, in their opinion, ha- was acting like he had made it. He was already, you know, a starter, a made man. So they wanted to teach him a lesson at that point. Um it backfired on them. And I'm not sure he ever learned the lesson because he was in and out of the doghouse when he was there. But it reminds me of what's happening with Ayuk right now. And I, I just wonder um, whether they're seeing some uh, tendencies that uh, that they don't like and they're trying to stamp out now while, he, while they can't. So Sunday is obviously a big question mark based on the quarterback situation. And it looks like Arizona might be the real deal, particularly with Kyler Murray playing the way he is. And he's probably the MVP of the league through four weeks of the season. But in terms of the issues that the 49ers have, which we've talked about, um, do you, I mean, it's very early. Like they, they could figure this thing out and they have a pretty favorable schedule, all things considered outside of the NFC West. Do you think that this team is going to rebound and eventually get to the place that Kyle Shanahan wants them to be, which is playing well in November and December and, and maybe peaking towards the playoffs? Or do you think some of these issues are, um, aren't going to fix themselves and, and we might be in for a, a very unexpected type season from, from Kyle Shanahan and not one that he could blame on injuries? I mean, the, the running game is problematic because, like I said, it's it's so foundational for this team. Um, but uh, I, I think that does work itself out as the season goes on. I mean, I think that I mean we we saw growth and Trey Sermon from from one game to another, and, and they should have Elijah Mitchell back for this one. Um, I know it's odd when we're saying, "Oh man, if only they got their six-round rookie back, everything would be great." But <laughs> I, I think it does help. You know, another oddball thing is that there's no, there's zero third-down back. There's nobody yeah. that they have in the backfield on third downs, and, and I mean that literally. Sometimes, like, there's nobody back there, or it's a fullback in Kyle Uzcheck. That that to me is so weird that they couldn't get one of those. What was it, five or six running backs that they had? in the last two weeks, ready to play on third downs. Yeah. I mean, Chris Thompson's been in the league since 2012 or right. 13. I forget when it was. And he just got cut uh, on Tuesday. But um, so, I mean, they're being very stingy with their guys to your earlier point about how they're, they're treating guys. I, I don't know if that's a Bobby Turner thing, whether he's just gotten at this age, so cranky and, and hard to please. <laughs> um, you know, you, you've got to do this, this, and this to be the third down pack. And, and it is a tough job. I mean, you're, you have to be able to, 
know what you're doing. You have to be able to, you know, pick up blisters and block, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and they're obviously uh, only trusting Youthcheck to do that at this point. But it does seem weird that out of the whole NFL, they couldn't bring anybody in to play that role, not just in week three, but also in week four. And um, I don't know. I don't. Is it going to change for week five? Because Mitchell wasn't doing that. Uh, it was uh, Jermichael Hasty the first uh, couple of weeks. So that's that's another weird thing that's been happening, especially to the the running game to the the tailback room this season. I know you joked about, you know, it doesn't say much for their run game that it's like get the sixth round rookie back in there ASAP. But I do think I said when they drafted Mitchell that I thought he might bring like a what do we say, like a Kirkland brand Raheem Mostert game. Like he has that speed to get to the edge. He can break tackles once he's in the open field. Is that like I I'm of the mind that he can really make a difference for their run game, especially against a team like Arizona, whose defense, you know, hasn't been awesome. Uh, But I, I I'm of the mind that Mitchell can actually make a difference for them in a way that uh, Trey Sermon or uh, Jaquez Patrick can't your thoughts. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And I forget what day Shanahan talked about this. It might've been the Friday before the Packers game or the Friday before uh, this last game, I can't remember which, but I thought, you know, it was the first time he really sort of explained the, the tailback uh, you know, position in his offense. And it's not just being able to make one cut and go, it's being able to do to, to read the right blocks at full speed and go and not, not thinking about it. Uh, and, and he was essentially saying that because Mitchell had done that, a lot in college at Louisiana. Um, that's why he was sort of ahead of the curve, whereas Trey Sermon was was still kind of picking it up. Um, so I, I agree with you um, in, in that he's got the speed, but he also has the instincts to use that speed. Uh, and um, I don't know, you could almost sense Shanahan talking about him just in our brief uh, Monday uh, phoner that we had with him, that he was very eager to see Elijah Mitchell come out of that blue no contact uh, jersey he's been wearing and, and, and practice in full on Wednesday because that means that he's likely to play against the Cardinals. All right, Matt. Um, I guess we 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 haven't talked about the defense at all, and that that should probably be the last the last question since you've been so gracious with your time. Um, do you think that the, do you think Kyle Shanahan needs to believe? that the 49ers are a cornerback away from contending in a similar way he looked at receiver in 2019 to make a trade? Um, or do you think that, hey, if they, you know, if they're two and three going into this buy, that they sort of just go into, I don't want to say developmental mode because it's so early in the season, but do you, do you think that they would be less inclined to, to make a, cor- a trade for a corner? Um, I'm basically asking you if you think they're going to trade for a cornerback. Um, I'd say no, okay. um, because they don't have, you know, a, a lot to give away these days. I don't know if you, you know, there, no, there was a big trade in, in the spring No, for some, some draft picks were, were lost in the process. Um, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how, what their salary cap situation. I mean, I don't know whether they could take in a, a big salary at this point, um, you know, uh, they've, they've reworked just about everybody, right. Yeah. To this point, I guess they could re-sign, um, uh, Lake and Tomlinson to an extension. Uh, so it's sort of like a twin deal, but I, I just don't think that that 
that happens this year. Um, I mean, I, I think it's more apt uh, if they win this game in Arizona. Um, and uh, I forget when the trade deadline is, November 2. So they play, what, two or three more games after that? Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the reason they went with Emmanuel Sanders in 2019 is what we talked about earlier, is that as, as that season went on, Kyle Shanahan saying to himself, this is a really good team. Um, and uh, we, we could use one more piece. And, and he was absolutely right. Jimmy Garoppolo was a lot better post uh, Emmanuel Sanders than he was pre. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, to me, cornerback, this league has uh, made that such a difficult position that uh, I don't, I mean, there, there are a couple of guys who are elite, elite, Jalen Ramsey probably being the top of the heat. But after that, boy, everybody gets burned in this league. Everybody is collecting pass interference penalties. I, I just don't know if um, it, it would be worth it to bring in a big name guy because even that guy's going to get toasted every now and then. Do you think that's why they don't seem to value the position very much? Just because th- you can piece together a secondary that's going to be just as good as the one that you know you put together with first through third round picks yeah that, that seems to be it i mean i mean we, we talked about this ad nauseum but you know they, they value the defensive line and they think that that can mask a lot of things and i think it, it did that in in this game uh against the seahawks i mean i think there were some potential big russell wilson plays deep early um, where the cornerbacks weren't in, in the greatest position, that uh, that the defensive line basically bailed them out with a really good pass rush. This was a really good game by the defensive line, um, and it, it got lost because because uh, of what happened in the second half, and you know a fumbled kickoff, etc. But um, they, they were they were rolling to to start that game. How much of an impact do you think Robert Sala's absence has been? Uh, that that's been kind of a big point of discussion on the section of 49ers Twitter that I inhabit is like, is this, how much of this is on D'Amico Ryan's or Robert Sala not being there? Or is it too early to tell? That's my, yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to admit, I'm just not sophisticated enough of a, a viewer to. Sure. Know, I, I could BS you a great answer right now, but that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> we'll edit it. I mean, I would have thought that a former, linebacker who's now a defense and a former linebackers coach who's now a defensive coordinator might've scooted his linebackers back two yards on that, uh, on that last drive by the Packers. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that, that was an obvious mistake that even an idiot like me could figure it out. Boy, there's an awful lot of room between the, the linebackers and the secondary <laughs> on this. And uh, that, uh, that turned out to be true. All right, Matt. Um, we'll let you go. Do you have anything you want to plug before you get out of here? Um, I have a mailbag that, that ran on Tuesday. Can, okay. you plug my, can you plug my mailbag? Yeah, the mailbag at The Athletic. Um, the, you can probably find it on your Twitter feed. Yeah. You should subscribe to The Athletic. Yeah, yeah I did that should, several years be. ago, and I don't regret it ever. No, I, I do subscribe still. Now, um, do you subscribe at full price? or are you I think these... I did subscribe at full price. Oh, wow. Did you get oh, a I got a Black Friday deal. Did you get a t-shirt out of it at least? I did not get a t-shirt out of it. Oh, I, I need to... Oh, sucker. Yeah, maybe I'll hit... Yeah, right in, right in. We'll send you a t-shirt in the middle. Okay, perfect. Extra small, right? Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. extra small. I can borrow one of yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, Matt yeah. Barrows of The Athletic. Thank you so much for coming on, man. It's a pleasure as always. And uh, man, I'll see you tomorrow at practice. Yeah, see you tomorrow at practice. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Matt.